This is Pucks and Seven with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. Well, it was one week ago today that we sat at the same table and I looked at you and I said, okay, two weeks from now, which was then, we'd begin the postseason. If my math's correct, Vic, which I think it is, <laughs> we've done a week. So we are now one week away from the beginning of the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs. There are only five Monday, more April 17th. Yeah. Meaningful hockey. And yep. Friday may not be meaningful. We'll right. get to that a little later. I have a feeling it won't be. Show. Mm-hmm. I think I'll bet you, let's get to it later on yeah, in the show, yeah. but I think one game might matter. I'm right. not sure about the other one. Right. But for sure, Thursday's a banging day. We're going to get to all of yeah. that, but we basically have four It's your favorite meaning- day, 15 games. Yeah. Well, <laughs> how, do you know what? How, how did you like the 16er on, um, on Saturday? My brain was mush <laughs> after previewing that, but I actually enjoyed watching the games. I'll tell you what, I'm going to be a little bit of a hypocrite right now. Uh-huh. I don't mind at this time of year as much Agreed. because it's all happening all at the same time. And I think right. Thursday's going to be a lot of fun. I wish there were some matinees. That's the only thing yeah. I would ask. Yeah. There aren't, but uh, we're getting, we're jumping ahead of ourselves. One week from today we're going to be watching playoff hockey you're absolutely right and we're going to do a preview pod show of the postseason uh 16 teams we will know by the end of this week who's going to represent the east and west to try to get lord stanley's mug uh pucks and seven ryan payne victoria Mattyash. follow us on twitter at ryan and payton at victoria Mattyash. and vic does great work for a news talk station in toronto also ESPN.com. By the way, no Fantasy 7, just because, right? There's no reason for There's Fantasy 7. There's only four seven. games, right. four days of games really left. If you right. need help now, <laughs> you're not in it anyway. But Vic so. will help you if you need help. She's <laughs> sure. that type of go, person. No, go on our website. Yeah, we exactly. still have content on the website, but I'm not going to go through any players. ESPN.com. She's the best at what she does. Uh, I do work for SiriusXM NHL Network Radio. Hot Stove on the weekend. Uh, we'll do our little preview Hot Stove show coming up this Saturday, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And I write for... Uh, the hockey writers covering the Seattle Kraken. How about them Kraken? That's coming up in the How show too. How about them Kraken? Good stuff. All right. We're going to look ahead to the week uh, to come. Uh, last week of the regular season, we will also look at the Western Conference and we'll drop a clink hammer. Let's begin with the East. How many times have we been? I should have thought about this coming in, but sometimes you do your best thinking on the spot. How many times have we begun a podcast talking about the Bruins? You have to. And now you officially have to because they are officially record breakers. And don't get me into this win percentage. And it was a different number of games. They have the most wins in the NHL. And if you want to compare different eras, think about the fact that they have such more variety of competition now than teams did in the past. They have to be better against more teams all of the time. It's super impressive. They clinched their 63rd against the Flyers on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I again, if you're a betting person, I don't know how you didn't put money down on that because it just you could smell it a mile you had away. To. You I had didn't to. because I don't really wager. Right. But if I was, <laughs> <laughs> you would have. I, I definitely would have. I would have yeah, too. For sure. Um, yeah, I'm with you about the whole winning percentage thing. It does just throw it out. The 80 window. games, 82 games, whatever, whatever number of whatever. games. They have 63 wins. They still have a couple of games yep. to go. So we might be talking 65 by the time it's all over. I don't know. Do you just start resting players now? You see that's like the for th- real, like for real resting players, because I know that they've pulled a couple players out here and yeah. there in the last couple of weeks. But I mean, I don't think Olmark is going to play anymore. He seems a little banged no. up, but he doesn't yeah. need to. Like put in the and the third stringer in there. Yeah. I don't even know the young fella's name. No, I have no idea because it's been Swayman and Olmark yeah. all season. But I think maybe you, you do one game for sure, and then maybe the last game just to make sure that they're not 
out of rhythm? I think so. I think so. Because um, you can win, I think, with Swayman or Allmark in goal. I think that's how good Boston is. You know what I'm saying? Like, like Allmark's had a great season. He has better numbers. He's played more. So I'm just saying, say Allmark gets injured, you're okay with Swayman. That's my point. Other teams in the postseason now, a little bit more question marks, but we can get into that in just a bit. By the way, David Pasternak hitting 60 with the hat trick in that last oh, game. Oh, wasn't that perfect, though? Unbelievable. It and was almost poetic to it me. It was. It was. The shots, he... It, first one was through, I think he got a little bit high in the slot, went right through the goalie's legs. Uh, second one was a one-time shot. He didn't think it went in. Went off the post, off the other post, and went in. Third one, great two-on-one. And um, I think it was Bertuzzi, the pass and puck. They were That's back and right. forth. Yep. And then he went five-hole again. He he seems. I was thinking this too. He's in the last year of that of that contract. His new one starts next season. Let's just say he didn't sign already. <laughs> he goes on this run of maybe getting sixty-one, maybe getting sixty-two. Hey, do you think I get some more because I've got sixty-two? I know he wouldn't, but the point is, he he's magical. I think he's sixty magical. mattered. Of course, it did. if he hadn't scored the hat trick on Sunday. I think for sure he would be in the lineup for the next couple of games. Absolutely no question. And they would put him, Montgomery would put him in the lineup to give him the opportunity because you do want to hit that round figure for sure. Yeah. Now I wonder if he takes one of them off just because you have reached the magic number, which I had not anticipated. And I certainly didn't think he was going to do it in that fashion. I thought the Flyers were going to put up a little bit more of a fight in that one. I didn't think they were going to win. No. But um, so it'll be interesting to see how they rest now and how that's going to affect the standings, but congratulations to Jeremy Swayman yep. because he's the one and it was a bit of a poetic night for him. He was back in Philadelphia where I believe they mentioned he made his debut yep. in the NHL mm -hmm. close to a couple of years ago and he got the historic win. And this is what unexpected a little bit, but this is what he had to say afterwards when Jackie Redman of the NHL Network asked about the significance of that victory. Oh, first off, you know, we couldn't be here without Lena. So uh, it's been a, such an incredible tandem with him and I. And, you know, a lot of credit goes to him and the guys in front of me. But tonight was a, a really special one. Uh, two years ago today, my all-time mentor, Red Gendron, passed away. And I was actually in Philly uh, when it happened. And I think it was pretty scripted today how it worked out. But uh, <laughs> it was pretty special for that. You love to see the emotional, real human side of people. And Jeremy Swayman was thanking his old coach who passed away uh, two years to the date of Sunday's game. So it was two years ago to the actual day. And you could just feel the emotion. You could sense the emotion, but not just that. Guarantee that he was looking down on him. He was saying, hey, I'm proud of that guy. Uh, absolutely. The fact that he was willing to share his yeah. emotion. More of that, please. And it's not that I want to see players bawling. That's not what I'm asking oh. for, but he was real. Yeah. And what I want to see is more players. We don't have enough of it. And I loved that, getting that from him and sharing the moment with him. That game now felt already significant as it was, and it felt even bigger. Even more. Even Absolutely. More. Yeah. Good on Boston. Congratulations. And you know what? Let's go. Uh, how about, <laughs> again, we texted a couple times this week. Do you want to do the sound? Do you want to not do the sound? Should we just say, how about the Panthers? Alex Lyon. Unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> you see, I was hoping you'd do that soon because I was running out of time. I was trying to leave you on the I was can still thinking about it. Finish. I was still thinking about it. Can you stop me from talking? And do you, you know do what thing? is so, it was so interesting. I have a, a few friends and family members who listen to this podcast as well, not because they're forced, but because they, they insist that they like to, which is uh, nice. Uh -huh. And a I'm, I'm actually converting a bunch of them. I'm receiving Are texts you? from the, people commenting on the Panthers. The Panthers fans. One of my cousins right. in particular, she is now on board. She's like, you've got me. 
I'm on board now. And she did not care. She, she likes hockey, but she did not care yeah. about the Florida Panthers, particularly before this, but just watching them the last few months and sort of rooting for them because they weren't as good as they were supposed no. to be. And we were frustrated. And now, hey, what? Six in a row. They're in a wild card position. And Alex Lyon, who saw that coming out of the woodwork, right? It's um, And that's the great thing for this team going into the postseason because Sergei Bobrovsky, not a lot of confidence. I know he's been sick and all that type of thing. But even when he before he went out, his numbers were not very – his numbers have not been great since he signed that big contract. I'm not saying that that's the reason why, but it, he has not been, to me, the Bobrovsky like it was with the Columbus Blue Jackets. No, you know but he hasn't. Those numbers, those numbers speak to that. And he's had his moments. He's had his moments, yeah. So you're always waiting, okay, here we go. Right. Okay, here we go. And the consistency hasn't right. been there. But now you have somebody who was red hot, on fire, and everybody's saying, well, you got to turn back to Bobrovsky. No, you don't. No. Oh, my no, goodness. you I do said not. This on the weekend, there is no doubt and there's no debate. If you're Paul Maurice, I'm sorry. You go to the the one that's riding the hot hand. You go to the hot. I've never tent. understood that. Not, but we're paying him this much. I don't care. Don't if you're even paying get me Bobrovsky a billion dollars, no. and you're paying playing being no. line five bucks. And you know what? I don't care. Do you remember? Um, I think when the Caps won the Cup, they started Philip Grubauer. Remember in Game One? Oh, geez, this is right? a few years back. Right. Okay. And Brayton Holpe, because Grubauer right. was really playing well. Remember, and Holpe was not. And they said, you know. And then Grubauer went out. Holpe came in. It was now. I don't think that's going to happen here. Because I think Lyon's going to be fine, but it's the same kind of thing. Just because Grubauer is playing well doesn't mean I'm going to start Holpe who wasn't playing well. Same thing here. Just because Lyon's playing great, I don't have to go back to Bobrovsky, who makes more money. It, it's completely silly. 6-0. 6-0 with a 1.5 goals against average, 9.56 save percentage. Are you kidding? How can you not start this guy? And the offense is scoring as well. Yeah, it is. So they're getting a great deal of support up front. I think that's probably relaxing him. I know it would relax me. If I oh, know sure. that Matthew Kachuk is up there. I know they had a tight one over the weekend against Washington. Other than that, though, they are just putting up goals like nobody's business. And that obviously is helping as well. I'll say this last thing about Bobrovsky, though. If he is turned to in a game, let's just say Monday night against the Leafs, line is shaky. Sure. And Maurice has, feels he has to do something in the second period because their season is on the line here. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe he maybe he throws him in because I know he's feeling better and he did back up the other night. I bet you he puts in a pretty solid performance. He's human. He's going to want to stick it and prove it. Not stick it. He's going to want to prove no. it to everybody that he is still the number one. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to shut the door. And I think having that in your back pocket isn't bad either. I think he should do that if that comes to it. Anyway, Panthers in a tight race, the Isles in a tight race, the Penguins in a tight race. And if this does... If the postseason, the postseason is going to begin without the Capitals, and it's going to start without Washington for the first time in a while. If it starts without the Penguins, it's going to be extra strange because you're used to seeing Ovi all the time. You're used to seeing Crosby all the time. 16 consecutive seasons that the Penguins have made the playoffs. They are just clinging. They're hanging on, and it's going to come down to this last week. Forget about all that for a second. Sidney Crosby continues to get it done. He He's at right now, I know he got the 1,500 points, but he is at he's at 91 points. 91 points still, you're putting up that production, that is just still how good you are. And I was thinking about this too, and I'm glad that we were going to talk about this. The big three in Pittsburgh, Latang, Malkin, and Crosby, they've been there forever. You kind of want to see them all continue this run. Probably won't happen, only time will tell. But the fact that Crosby is still doing what he's doing, and look at what the season the Penguins have had, it's been up and down, up and down. They've been injured, all this type of thing. Yet he has almost put up 100 points. He's not going to get to 100 unless he goes crazy. No, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think but so. But the point is, he's nine away from 100. To still be doing that at his age on that team, amazing to me.
It is. And it actually turned because I don't really have any vested interests one way or the other. If the penguins, if the penguins get in fine, if sure. the penguins don't get in, I'm also fine with that. Right. So I'm not an invested fan, but I was thinking about that over the weekend when he did get his 1500th point that it will feel different. Yeah. And I, I got a little bit sad for a moment that we could be entering could the postseason. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're going to have some penguins fans who are 20, 21, 22 years old who don't know Right. This team not making the right. playoffs. It right. just feels so regular. And as a Canadian hockey fan, I mean, one of my favorite sporting moments of all time is the Golden Goal. And oh, I mean, uh, this by house- the way, Vic was saying Iggy, Jerome McGinley for those. Oh, yeah, sorry. Just- I just <laughs> assume everybody knows that. Iggy. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this house went bananas oh, yeah. when that happened. I'm oh, sure yeah. everybody did. There's no. tumbleweeds going down the street <laughs> when the- it was amazing. Anyways, back in 2010. Yeah. So I still, I'm still rooting for. For the guy and I love the fact that he's still performing at such a high level so we'll see I mean they've got to win and either the Islanders or Florida has to lose but yeah. again we'll look ahead to that in the week to come the Devils uh, they have developed some really good players I know some have not worked out but some have really worked out for example Jack Hughes has worked out oh by oh, the ha- way oh has he now <laughs> um, let me just oh yeah right he's good uh, Quinn Hughes has worked out in Vancouver Luke Hughes now the brother, it's in the genes, signs the contract, the entry level with the devil. So you got Luke at 19. I think Jack is 20, just over 20 or 21. And, and I believe he's 21. He's yeah. 22 or 23. So within four years of each other, it's hockey madness with the Hughes. Anyway, the point is, is that I've respected the devils. I know it's taken some time. They're having a good season. I've respected them for trying to continue to develop from within. And they have developed from within. And this is another example of developing from within as well. Sky's the limit, I think, for this guy. The sky's the limit for all the Hughes brothers in the NHL. It was really cute. They asked, um, see, I'm going to get all the Hughes mixed up now. There's too many Hughes. There's too many Hughes. Jack and Luke. Jack. New Jersey. So they asked Jack the other night, oh, have you prepped your brother yet? on what's it like to be a pro because he literally just finished the, the, the frozen four right. and he can they yeah. were lot Michigan lost, which was a little bit bizarre, but that's fine. And he said, and uh, he said, I haven't even, his plane just landed. I haven't talked to him yet <laughs> because it just happened it just so happened. Yeah. quickly. Yeah. So we're going to get a look at him and you just wait until Simone Nemich comes up. Right. And they're going to have, that's the top two pairing of the future. I'm taking nothing away from Dougie Hamilton and anybody else who plays on that blue line. Agreed. But the future of that blue line for years and years and years, it's going to be Nemich and Hughes and it's going to be very good. Number four pick in the uh, 2021 NHL draft. Uh, teammate now of Jack. That's really cool. Playing with your brother and, and they're going to play together at such a young age. It's not like you're doing it at the end of your careers. You're playing together. No initial A. Eh? Did you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. They're just, they're just going to be Hughes. They're going to leave it. They're going to leave it to us to be Love wise it. enough <laughs> to figure out who's who yeah. by their number and probably the position they're playing. That's going to be fun. We're going to do that all next in, in the year. What, however, in the years to come until we uh, actually figure it out Toronto, Tampa opening up in Toronto game one and game two. We've known this for a while, just didn't know until recently whether it would be in Tampa or in Toronto. I'm not going to get into the whole thing about, oh, the Leafs and the, 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 the first round, all this type of nonsense, have on the cup, all that stuff. Tampa, I'm trying not to get a lot of hope for Leaf fans, but there could be a little bit of a window, meaning they're not the healthiest. And you and I talked just before we came on here, also Andre Vasilevsky. So... Well, he pitched a real stinker the other Favorite night. Favorite Toronto, kind of, or no? He was really lousy was against terrible. the Rangers. He was bad. And after he was really good. Now, people get a bad game. It's fine. And uh, like we said last week, Even if I'm he's starting, a bad game. of course yeah. he is. If I'm starting a <laughs> franchise tomorrow, he is my number one pick at, yeah. in net. It, there's absolutely no question for me. No. But if you have one bad 
game. Maybe you can have a bad week. Again, we don't want to bolster any hopes, but I'll tell you what, if he's shaky, Brian Elliott has looked absolutely atrocious lately. He has been bad. And I like Brian Elliott, but he has not been that steady number two that you want going into the postseason just in case. And then you're watching the other day, even guys up front were getting banged up for this team and they weren't looking quite as dominant. Now watch, we'll be talking next Monday and they'll just like, they'll win their last couple of games (laughs) and like seven to one or whatever. So if that happens, you don't even remember this part of the podcast. (laughs) please. (laughs) But I'm going to guess they're going to start on Monday just because this one has been wrapped up and why not, right? Wednesday, yeah. So, uh, but it's time to get a little bit excited and now just both sides, you just, you start, you need to rest players on both of those teams because you can't lose your superstars now. But there is, there does seem to be a little bit of crack in the armor right now. Couple things too, you can take April for what it is for Tampa. You win 5-0 over the Isles on the first, fine. You lose 6-3 to the Rangers. You lose 6-1 to the same Islander. You lose 7-4 to Ottawa. doesn't matter how good you are. Tampa's won two or three in the last three. doesn't matter. You don't want to have that carry into the postseason. No, you don't. As many times as you've been in there, it doesn't really matter. So they have Toronto and, and Detroit. Also, Tanner Janot looks like he's going to be out for some point of that first-round playoff series. So the lightning injuries are not good. John Cooper said it is, quote, worrisome. So keep an eye on that as we... And uh, that's the guy they wanted to pick up at the trade exactly. deadline to bolster their chances in the happened. postseason. Well, I, did, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a great pickup. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Speaking of worrisome, see how I flowed into that? Carolina, we worried? I am. I'm worried. I'm worried for Carolina fans. I would be concerned if I was a fan of the Hurricanes right now. They're really missing Andrei Svechnikov. They are not scoring the way that, first of all, they're losing hockey games. Yeah. And it seems to me, it feels to me that they're relying on their defense and their goaltending. And they have a couple of good guys in net and Freddie Anderson and Antiranta. So maybe you can rely on them or you can feel that way, but they haven't been super duper either, especially Freddie. And I'm now wondering if there just isn't enough, they're not scoring, if there just isn't enough firepower up front that they're going to be able to stick around and do business with a Rangers or a Devils because they better hope they finish top of the table, top of their division right now. They yeah. need a wild card matchup. They do. Because the Rangers or the Devils are going to eat them alive the way they're playing right now. Defensively, this team you mentioned scoring, they're not scoring defensively. They're a very good hockey team. They're um, allowing 25.9 shots against per game. That's first in the NHL, which is very good. They're allowing 2.56 goals against per game. That's second oh, that's, best that's in the great. NHL. Yeah. And they're also 83.7% on the penalty kill. That's second in the NHL. So to your point about defense, goaltending, all that type of stuff and scoring, whatever. So I think the Canes too, if they, if they win, I think if they win tonight, they can, they get the home ice or something. Anyway, we'll talk a bit about that. Um, let's look about at right that. Now? That makes Be- sense. Let's look at that before week to come, because I don't think it's as easy as that. I'm not. I'm not sure, but you can't count on Sebastian Ajo to do it all. And they no. are counting on him. Kotkaniemi isn't going to continue to scoring at the current pace he's at right, right now. And even that isn't that great. Right. So they're going to need to get some depth scoring. They are missing. They're missing Svechnikov. And he is, he's not coming back until no, next season. No. So they're going to have to figure it out. Brenda Moore is a magician. I get that. He's going to have to really put, oh, continue with the analogy. He's going to have to pull everything out of his hat right now. Yeah. Very nice. Ah, I you try. Know, you see? Thank you. She's the best. <laughs> uh, Carolina, New Jersey, the Rangers, one, two, three in the Metro. Just don't know who's going to face who, all that type of stuff. Atlanta, Atlantica, Boston, Toronto, Tampa. It's Toronto home against Tampa, Boston against, as of right now, it would be the New York Islanders, but only time will tell with that, of course, uh, the wild card. Florida, New York, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, still 
in it mathematically. We've seen Stranger Things. Six points back of that second spot, and they have two games in hand on all the teams they're chasing. They got to so win. That's four points. They got to win. That's four points. All right, we'll take a break. We'll go from east to west. We continue Pucks and Seven, Ryan Payton, Victoria Mathage. Welcome back to Pucks and Seven with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. This is Pucks and Seven. I'm Victoria Matiash. That is Ryan Payton across from me. He does a lot of work with the uh, Sirius Channel, hosts the Hot Stove. I think we already mentioned that. Yeah. And I, it's of course, a serious show. It's a very serious show. It is it's absolutely not. not. It's actually a lot of fun. I listen to it most Saturdays. It's, uh, it's a pretty good time. I'm, of course, Victoria Matiash, as I mentioned, ESPN.com, and I do some other news work as well. And uh, we just looked... At the hold Eastern on. Conference. No, no, hold what? on, hold on. What's with the jersey change? So for the we just did the first segment, Vic decided to put on something else. Well, she had stuff on before, let's just make that clear. And she's been talking about getting a Florida Panthers one of those what is reverse it? The retro fifth jersey? retro okay. reverse. Yeah. It's the really I'm- cool one with the palm tree <laughs> on it. I love it. Yeah. So I'm not a huge fan. She comes down and I'm like, what? Anyway, she has it on right now, so that's where this is. And you were, but the reason that you don't like this jersey <laughs> is because you don't like fun. I like fun. That's that's hurtful. So <laughs> that's the only explanation I have. I love the. I, I yeah. fell in love with this jersey when it was. They were revealed in the fall winter, whenever it was. And since I've sort I of you saying that to me, clambered yeah. around the. Uh, the Florida Panthers bandwagon. Uh-huh. I did. It, I will say it was an impulse buy a couple of weeks ago. Okay. I was just uh, I knew you were thinking about getting one, and uh, yeah. I did. So uh, I think it's. I think it's beautiful. Look, looks good on you. Thank you. That's about all I'll say. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> all right. So we're we did look at the Eastern Conference. Now we're going to look at the Western Conference yeah. and see what's going on or what happened this past week. We're still looking at the week that was, and in this past week he's done it again i mean we've talked <sighs> about he's almost like the bruins of the western conference yeah. but all by we himself we always start with him right Connor mcdavid yeah. now has 151 points he's got 64 goals 87 assists he isn't done yet i don't think he's going to sit out the rest of the season maybe take a little bit a few minutes off but he's not done yet and 150 is an incredible record ryan how many people have done it six six people have done it but Wayne Gretzky has done it 157 times. <laughs> right. That's not true. He's done it nine times, though, right. which uh, blows everybody else out of the water. The rest of them, pretty impressive list. We yeah. got Mario. Mario, um, Stevie Y, and Bernie Nichols, yeah. 88-89, thanks to Wayne Gretzky. And that's the company you keep. Yeah. And Connor McDavid, I think he's going to do it more than once. Yes, I uh, He is 26 years old. I suppose maybe the question right now is, does he tie Wayne? Because he's 26, so we were looking at, he's going to play another 10 seasons, barring injury, health issues. Sure, He's sure. going to play another 10 minimum, probably more like 12 or 13. Yep. Does he have it in him to do to score 158 more times? What do you think? Yes, I do. And the reason is, is because he this is his eighth year in the league, is that correct? You can check yes, it is. Okay, yep. eighth year. Eighth year in the league. Has anyone figured him out yet? Is that that's what you're counting on? Because I was going to bring that up. And, that, and right. is is he getting better? And does he still find ways to score that we look at and think, how is that possible? Yeah. He, so based on that alone, to me, no reason to think that he can't go on this on this run. I'd like to see it happen. I don't know if it will, just because 
to do it in this day and age of the game, not taking anything away from Gretzky and Lemieux and all that, but to do it in this day and age, the speed, the difference, I don't, I don't see, I'd love to see it happen, but I don't, he'll get a few, 150 at least. But if there's anyone in the league who can do it, it's him. That's my point. I see him more in the three or four time range. Right, a handful. My biggest issue is, I he's been, alongside Leon Dreisaitl, most of the time it's been a two-guy show in yeah. Edmonton. Yeah. And eventually at some point, they're just going to have to improve. This season has been better. Been Ryan better. Nugent Hopkins has been great it's been when Evander Kane plays. But even still, that's still Zach Hyman, okay, but it's still a top five guy thing. I think they need to improve overall. They need to bring in better players and rely on him less. Right. That's my concern. And then he won't need to score 150 points. He can score 120 or 110. And the Oilers will still win hockey games and make the playoffs and enjoy success. That's that's my only thinking when it comes to that. Edmonton is the one team in the league that if you do take those two off their roster, They're specifically. Different, completely different team. Completely. Completely right? different team. You can take two of the top players on some of most of the other teams, take them off, and they would not be as different. But that is just how meaningful McDavid and, and Leon mean to each other. Edmonton's rolling. Oh yeah, talking about peaking at the right time, and and we've been discussing this over the course of the year doing the podcast. We we were waiting and waiting, and we we knew it was in there, waiting for Edmonton to be the team that we thought that they could be. I had high expectations coming in, and they've been slowly creeping up, but not anymore. They could legitimately, we'll go to the standings at the end of this, but they could legitimately win the Western Conference. By the time all is said and done, I believe. Oh, yes, they could. They Absolutely. Could, because right? it's only Vegas they need to right. hurdle. And, and, and they're above them in the, in, the, in the Pacific. So it is going from, what, two months ago when Edmonton, I think, was a bit on the outside looking in, thinking, okay, they got to go on a five, six game run to get back in this thing. They have to. You can't see McDavid just pushing himself at the end in game 81, trying to get in game 82, trying to get in. No. And now they've done that. And there's not a ton of heat on the goaltending anymore. Skinner's been great. I think there's nothing wrong with him. Nice to see Jack Campbell. He's had an up and down season. But the point he is... play Anaheim all right. No, I know. I, <laughs> you and I could, yeah. yeah. Vic and I got at least 23 minutes each against Anaheim. We Boy. should that. But the point is, is it, Edmonton is a team right now that I would not want to face in game one. They won seven one. straight. That's I don't want to play them either. No. Not with not with everybody firing. Evander Kane is playing well again. And I'm no. telling you, I've said it broken record and everybody's tired of hearing it from me. No Kane. The, 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 well, not Kane, the Ekholm pickup at the right, trade right, deadline. Yeah. Just getting that one guy Massive. on defense changes the whole look, changes the pairings back there and has made all the difference in the world. And they can score now without worrying too much about what is happening back there yeah gonna be interesting uh pierre luc dubois uh winnipeg and calgary you wanted to talk about that so i'll set it up we'll listen to a clip winnipeg and calgary played last week and whenever i hear the water bottle thing i think about nazim Kadri and i think about jordan binnington member oh he from, sprayed him right yeah. so i always think about that so another incident happened and i believe it was uh luke dubois mark shifley and i think neil pionk was like a three-on-one or something like that going up the ice in on calgary and uh, Jacob Markstrom, uh, anyway, you you know that a three-on-one, someone's going to crash the crease, and somebody did. Um, and Luke Dubois was, uh, was not only sprayed with water, but he got punched as well. Anyway, here's his comment after when he was asked about that incident. Yeah, I, have, I mean, it's hockey. Um, punched me in the back of the head. I didn't appreciate it. Um, that's it. Was there a water bottle squirting there somewhere too? Or yeah, I didn't really care about that. It's water. I drink it. I shower like everybody else. Like it's just water. I, I didn't. I didn't like the punch in the back of the head. 
Did he blocker you in that uh, I didn't. I just felt a punch. I saw it on the replay. I moved on after that. Um, but, yeah, that's the water. The water is water. I love it. I love it. This was the comic relief for me of the week. No, water. water's fine. I shower in water. I drink water. You know what I didn't appreciate was being punched in the back of the head, but the water was fine. Yeah. I will say this. That was supposed to be the game of the week. Uh-huh. It was incredibly entertaining. It, it it checked all the boxes. It was really chippy. It was really gritty. It was rough and tough. I thought it was Mark's one of Markstrom's best games of the season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, it was a highly, Calgary ended up winning it, but since then they've been a little bit more wobbly. Back to, anyway, back to the flames we've been talking about all season. All year. But that two-horse race now for the final wildcard spot is between the Winnipeg, uh, I was going to call them Winnipeg Flames. Can you believe that? The Winnipeg Jets and the Calgary Flames. One of them probably, unless Nashville pulls off some sort of miracle, one of them is probably going to advance. The other is not because there's only one more open space. So we're going to be looking at both of those teams a lot. But that that game lived up to my expectations. It did. It did. And the Winnipeg, it's not like Calgary... I said all season long that we've done this thing too, that Calgary and Florida have mirrored each other. I think Winnipeg and Calgary have done kind of the same thing in the last few weeks. If you look at the, you know, see the 10 game stretches that they have in the standings, the 10 game here, 10 game here, 10 game there. If Calgary wins more than they lose, kind of Winnipeg does the same thing. If they're at 500, Winnipeg is the same way. If they, if they're below 500, Winnipeg is the same way. So no team is, is no team seems to want that spot, right? That's what it seems. Seems like if you go a seven and three in the 10, you should get that spot. But that's going to come down to uh, going to come down to the end. The Kraken are in. Uh, they clinched. That's a great story. I write about them. Um, so do I have a vested interest more so than maybe others? Yeah, I certainly do. Some of the numbers. I just want to say this. Uh, in year one, of course, it was disastrous first year, and it was fine. It was it was expected. No team is going to do what Vegas did. No team ever will do what Vegas did. Well, the league the isn't going to let them. Right. I'm saying. But the fact that Seattle's doing what they're doing year two, and didn't you say last week that? <laughs> And I thought about this. I think I said this on the show, my show on Saturday, because didn't you say that um, somebody wrote it? You heard say, "Oh, the Kraken um, for the first time." The in first time history. in franchise history. I'm like, we're in year two. <laughs> it it surprised me. I yeah. wasn't expecting them. They they've exceeded expectations they this have. year, especially after how they looked last year. I'm telling you, Maddie Beniers is a game changer. Yeah. But other things have also worked out well. They're just Daniel Sprong, Jared McCann, all these yeah. all these players who are you know, punching well above their weight scoring wise and what we've been accustomed to. So good for them. I did not think I will absolutely eat my hat here. I did not think they were going to make it. I've told you over and over again up until like the last month or so. Yeah, you did. I did not. I did not. I was not a believer in the Kraken. I'm wrong. They're in the playoffs. I think they might get swept in the first four games, but they are in the playoffs and we'll see if the goaltending can compete because their goaltending is not great. No, it's not. And you can tell because uh, Coach Hackstall has been going back and forth from trying to figure out who's hot, who's Who's hot and who's not. Right. And if you do that, you can get in the postseason. That's fine. So to me, he's going in with the whole 1A, 1B system. Or if they're not both good, maybe a 2A, 2B system. I think people know what I'm trying to say. So you give some, say Jones, whatever. Give him the first game, say, you've got game one. The leash is very short. You, have, in fact, have no leash. Whatever, we're going to start Grubauer in game two. We'll go from there. I wouldn't be surprised if they shuffle back and forth unless one puts up, say, great numbers in the first game, whoever they're going to face. And I'm with you. Seattle more than likely is not going to make it out of the first round. Are they going to play Colorado or something? (laughs) Seriously? I'd love them to get one. And let me just throw these quick numbers uh, quickly. Um, They had 27 wins last year. Right now they have 44. Amazing. They had 60 points last year. They have 96 now. 
the scoring, they had 216 a year ago. They have 276 now. They went from 29th to 6th best in the league. In the defense, they've allowed 285 last year, 24th in the league. Now they've cut it down by 40 to 245, which is 14th best in the league. And how about this one? Plus 29. Vince Dunn, Adam Larson, they both have plus 29s on their stat sheet. It's more the, impressive for Adam Larson than it is for Vince Dunn because right. Vince Dunn scores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're contributing to your own. But the fact that Adam Larson is on the ice too and preventing goals in because he's more of a stay-at-home yeah. defender, right? I think he's underrated, and I think he's been underrated for a Who, long time. Vince Dunn? No, Adam Larson. Adam Larson. Yeah. yeah. No, I get and what's and Vince Dunn? I'm a little irritated with as a fantasy writer for ESPN when they were launching the first season last year. I had high expectations for Vince Dunn wrote glowing things. I'm like, he's finally going to get this opportunity with this new franchise. He's going to yeah. anchor the top power play. He's going to yeah. put up all these points. Big fit. He stunk. Yeah. And so this year I said, do not be fooled. <laughs> Vince Dunn is not who you think he is. Uh, and look at what he's done. So yeah. then I've had to change. So I don't trust him next year. You know, he's going to have like three points. Yeah. I don't trust Vince Dunn, but he's playing very well right now. And he deserves, deserves a lot of credit for that. Vic was done with Vince. Going into, oh, nice. going into this yeah, season, going into this season, but good. you're not yep. done with them now. Round of applause. What about Minnesota? Good what to have, uh, good Minnesota. to have Kaprizov back. Man, oh man, they managed without him though. I got to give that team a little bit of credit. They, they managed did. without him, but of course you're going to want to have him, and you want Kirill back to warm up, get back into the swing of things. I think that's the dark horse in the West to I agree. me. I agree. We never talk about them. Well, you and I do. But the general media doesn't very we much. We do, but not as much. Not as much. No. But the fact that this is a concern, losing Joel Erickson Eck, that's, uh, here's your second line center, pretty much, who has been playing more minutes recently, too, yeah. and has contributed. And I don't know how long he's out for. It's just too bad that they got a guy back now. If you're going to ask who do you want in the lineup, you're going to take Kaprizov for sure. Sure. But it would still be nice to have both of them. So we're going to see what Minnesota can accomplish, not only the end of the season, but then we'll see who, uh, are they going to play Dallas? I don't know. We're going to see how it all lines up. Going to be a few games to go. And so far in April, again, you can you can take April, the, the what, six games most teams have, maybe seven at the most, and take it to the postseason. How are they doing? Do, do they take momentum, whatever? They lost to Vegas 4-1. to one. They lost to Vegas 4-3. to three. They lost to Pittsburgh 4-1. to one. Then they beat St. Louis 5-3. So if this is the time now, this week, where you got a few games left to go to get back in the win column, I think, and plus they have back-to-back -to -back too. I mean, we'll, 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 we'll get ahead to the week to come um, in just a bit. Avalanche, uh, yeah, they won the cup last year. This team is rolling. Nate McKinnon is rolling. I saw this stat the other day, and I'll try to look it up a little bit more as, as you take it, but Nate McKinnon's missed some time due to injury this season. The points per game that he is on, the points that he has put up, in less amount of games than some of these other guys is simply astonishing. And every time I watch him play, every time we watch McDavid play, it's something. But every, there's something to me about McDavid, but there's also something about Nate McKinnon that's so different than Matthews, Eichel, Marner, Crosby, whatever, you name it. But those two to me, McKinnon and McDavid, they, they stand out. They I was just going to say the same thing just before you started in on that. We were talking earlier about how the Oilers are a different team completely. Not a slightly different team, but they're a completely right. different team without Dreisaitl and McDavid. The Avalanche are not the Avalanche without McKinnon. Yep. I agree with you 100%. They can make, well, we've just seen, they can make do without Landis Gog. They're better with him, but they manage without him. Rantanen is up there, still not quite the same thing. By the way, 50, 54 goals. 
When did that happen? I, very quietly. When did that happen? It happened very, very quietly. But Miko Rantanen, congratulations. 54 goals. Again, still counting. He can still play. But you're yeah, absolutely yeah. correct. Nathan McKinnon, he's he's played fewer games than some of the other stars that we've been watching in terms 68. of... 68. He's played 68 games. That's it, eh? 68. And, and how many is, points? Uh, 107. Isn't that bananas? Yeah. We're not even talking... That's what I mean. So he didn't even hit 70. He will. But he only played 68. And he has 107 points this season. And they have him healthy now. Yeah. And now is when it counts. Yeah. So we'll, we're going to keep an eye on Kale McCarr. That's my... That's huge, Vic. He won the con smite. That's a massive... Uh, you know, and the discussion point in the offseason too, especially when Kadri signed with Calgary, was the whole second line center thing. Yeah. And if people want to agree with the whole second line center by committee thing, whatever I don't like it. Do, I, I don't either. But this one is massive. You can have, you can be as good as you are up front. And when healthy, Colorado is one of the best up front and they have depth. But when Kale McCarr is not on that back end, I don't like hearing, five on five, I don't like hearing play. out indefinitely. Not I just either. don't hear. Because I what don't. does that mean? That, no, that, we don't know. Exactly. But that's something now specifically that either Colorado is playing coy, that they may know something that others don't, but they're just saving themselves or the out indefinitely thing. That's not a look. We're going to check him in two days. He's going to be out one game, two games. I don't know. It, it doesn't. I'm sure they'll be okay, but if they don't, they, they, they won't. They won't do what they did a season ago without They're not Kale winning McCarr. the Stanley Cup yeah. without Kale McCarr. They yeah. can win a series, maybe two, but they better hope that by the time the first of May rolls around, if yeah. they're still in it, and I don't think they're going to have too much issue in the first round. I don't either. I don't either. But beyond that, it could get a little scary if he's not back. One of the best in the National Hockey League. Uh, the LA Kings. What do you think? Yes, no. Okay. Could I they was, drop out of those top three I spots? Was, I was fully on board a couple of weeks ago when they could not lose. Uh -huh. They just couldn't. Uh -huh. And now they can't win. And I'm watching it. It almost seems like I we were sold a house of cards and I'm being overly dramatic here. They're still a good hockey team. Don't get me wrong. But that we were like, oh my goodness, Corpus Allo is playing amazingly. Right. Copley is the answer. They don't need anybody else. They don't need an experienced netminder like Jonathan Quick. Yes, that defense is healthy. It's all working out. They don't need to score piles and piles of goals every game. And now they're losing. Yep. And they may tumble into a wild card spot. They're making the playoffs. We know that. Who would have thought that? No, not me. Who would have thought that? No. And the Kraken might be not. Yeah. You know, they might come out. Who would have thought that? Not me. So we still have a ways to go. They're still third in their division right now. Yes. That's correct, right? That's correct. They're not catching the Oilers in Vegas right now. No, no. They're no, not. No. So that's what they're hoping for. They're not going to probably get home ice. That's the way it's looking. But you don't want to be the wild card team either. And I am a little bit concerned. The warts are starting to show a little bit. It's um they have two very easy games to wrap this up on in California. Vancouver Anaheim. Anaheim they need to win. They should probably beat Vancouver as well, but they have two games to figure this out and that's yeah. not a lot of time. So I am concerned. If if I'm going to pick they wouldn't be an upset. I suppose they would be the underdog, but they're one right now. I would say that I'm concerned about Carolina in the East and I'm concerned about the Kings in the West. They went on that magical run. Then they, they lost. They were so good. Dominant. Then they lost to Calgary and Edmonton by a combined score of four to one. Then they beat Seattle, Vancouver by a combined score of seven two. But then they lost to Edmonton. They lost five two to Vegas, and you lose four three to the Colorado Avalanche. So quickly to the standings, you mentioned that, and yeah, LA cannot catch Edmonton. They're five points back, and both have two games to go. So it's between Edmonton and Vegas in the Pacific for one two, and the Kraken are two points back of the Kings, and they have one game in hand. 
They have one game in hand. LA could be, as Vic said, by the time this week is done, they could be in that first wild card spot. Um, Seattle's in, so the, there's only one spot to clinch, and that's between Nashville and Calgary and Winnipeg. Nashville, they have three games to go, and they are three points back at Winnipeg, who have 91 points. Calgary, two games to go, and they're one point back with uh, 90 points. Who's your pick? Who are you picking right now? Who gets it? I'm going to pick the Winnipeg Jets. I agree with you. I want the Flames just for different reasons. I do too. But I think it's going to be the Jets. I think the Jets are going to hold everybody off. Nashville can't score. So, do you know the Jets are 19, 19, and 1 on the road? Wow. Home 25, 13, and 2. So you would think that, but my point is Seattle 25, 10, and 4, Calgary 18, 11, and 12. All these other teams are much better on the road than the Winnipeg Jets are. Anyway, by the way, uh, Central Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota separated by four points. So that could that's going to come down to this week. It is. Both all those teams have three games to go. I'm exhausted. I think I need to go put on a jersey, not the one I'm wearing. <laughs> we'll take a break. You want to we'll borrow s- mine? Would you like to uh, borrow yeah, mine? Yeah, that's why we take a break. Going to do a change, change <laughs> wardrobe change. Uh, we're going to drop the clink hammer next. Pucks and seven. Ryan Payne, Victoria Maniash. We'll be back. Welcome back to Pucks and Seven with Ryan Payton and Victoria Matiash. Reminder: No Fantasy Seven this week because well, no Fantasy Seven now because as Vic said off the top of the show, if you're looking for Fantasy Seven, then you're in some trouble. Uh, playoffs begin next Monday, so a week from today, we'll do a preview show next Monday. We will know. Actually, we were just talking in the break too. Um, we hopefully we will know things by Friday, by end of Friday, but they may even go. I doubt they're going to go into Friday, but I think they're going to be all solidified by after that 15 game slate on Thursday. We're going to find out. Yeah, we'll find out. And uh, now we're going to find out too what we will uh, constructively criticize, who we will constructively criticize as we once again bring you this. Time now to drop the clink hammer. In honor of Robert Clinkhammer. Some history, born in Cranbrook, B.C., raised in Lethbridge, played his minor hockey and made his major junior ice debut in the Western Hockey League with the Lethbridge Hurricanes. So many teams he played for in the NHL? Oh, I don't know. Five. I was going to say four. There you go. Chicago, Ottawa, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Edmonton. He played for uh, four in the KHL as well. So a well-traveled. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting career, though. It is. For sure. So this is in honor of him. Yeah. We don't drop the hammer. We drop the clink hammer. Just You are like constructively criticized. To me, it's just with things or people or trends or coaches that annoy us. Right. So what we're annoyed by this particular week, and we can start with, let's start with the lovely story. Yeah. There is a lovely moment in Toronto over the weekend when the Maple Leafs were absolutely blowing the Canadians out of the water. Yep. The final score was 7-1, I believe. It doesn't matter, but it was over. It was over early. And all Mm -hmm. the stars came out to shine for Toronto. It was extremely lopsided. And earlier that day, they had signed, or maybe it was the previous day. It doesn't matter. Over the weekend, they had signed a University of Toronto student, a goaltender named Jet Alexander. Great name. Awesome name. Yeah. Jet Tutis, yep. Jet Alexander, <laughs> <Even> better <laughs> to an amateur trial contract to back up Samsonov. Joseph Wall can do it. Matt Murray is out injured because, of course, he is. And so this was an opportunity. So he got to back up in the game. And then with a buck change left, it was literally over a minute. Yes. Minute 17, something like yeah. that. Samsonov came out of the game. 
Little Jet goes in. Little Jet. He's like, I'm sure he's like six foot seven. But <laughs> anyway, big... <laughs> Little Jet. Jet Alexander goes in. He actually did not face any shots. It doesn't matter. He's His name is going to be in the record books of having played in the NHL. He put in minutes. He played like, again, about a minute. And the thrill of a lifetime. He was over the moon afterwards talking about how when he got the tap, he kind of blacked out a little bit. Yep. He was hoping to face a shot, but then he wasn't hoping yep. to face. He, he wasn't going to face a shot. <laughs> he looked he a little to... stiff. So, uh, <laughs> but he was really thrilled. Yep. And then it was funny afterwards because he has exams. So they asked him, "How many more exams do you have?" He goes, well, "I still have four left." <laughs> he goes, "I'll start studying tomorrow." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you know he was going to have some a couple of cocktails that night and have sure. some fun. So it was a wonderful story. Everybody on the earth appreciated it, with the exception of one defender in Montreal. Um, very well set up and it was a great moment when Samsonov went behind, uh, tapped him. And then I loved on two occasions when he got into the net, one of the refs went by and you could see the ref smiling and you can see jet smiling underneath the mask. Then the play went down the other end. I think it was nice. And whenever came back, another ref went up to him during the other whistle and said something and there were small. So it was a jovial atmosphere earlier on in the year two, you may recall Edmonton. They signed Matt Berlin to the amateur trout. He was part of the University of Alberta. And he came in in a 7-3 game. They were leaving 7-3. He made one save. He made one save. I remember that, yeah. So he, he played the last 226. Chris Weidman, 7-1 hockey game, essentially said after, when asked about it, the Leafs are going to get what they have coming for them in a few weeks. How can you not be happy for, for this guy? It's called sour grapes. I will say this. If the situation was completely different, if Toronto was in Montreal's position, Montreal was in Toronto's position. So if Montreal was going to face Tampa, game one. If they had 50-plus wins, whatever. If Martin St. Louis was behind the bench, if everything was just changed, you tell me that Martin St. Louis or whoever would not think maybe we should do this because this would be a really cool moment. It's not a nice story. Even at home. Say they were in Montreal and they were playing Toronto. I guarantee you, of anybody, Martin St. Louis would probably do that. So Chris Weidman, stop your sour grapes about it. Don't be down 7-1. It's quite simple. Don't be down. And no one's showing you up. This game, those- Well, they are a little, but I don't think it matters. How, how, how tell, okay, tell me how even, how even are you showing them up just a little? How even? Well, you're sort of putting a cherry on top of the fact that you put up a touchdown against them, right? right. This right. game, you are no competition whatsoever but that the, we can roll out the kit. The game, I just don't think the, it matters. The game is done. Right. It is, right. I just don't think it matters. If you don't want to be in the position where they're rolling out an amateur against you in net, yeah. don't give up seven yeah. goals. Don't give up some goals. So we are dropping, we're not dropping the clink hammer on what the Leafs did or Jet no. Alexander. We're dropping, we are dropping doing. the clink hammer on Chris Weidman. I do have one moment for him and I will tell you what. Mm -hmm. He was in a game that the have lost 7-1 he was a minus one he actually wasn't the real reason that they were in such you know to actually be minus one in, in a 7-1 seven, seven, game's not bad that's not bad at all yeah. so he's clearly frustrated I will bet you he said something because he was in the heat of the moment he was frustrated with the team's performance frustrated with the, with the way the team has played the last few months right. and it all comes out he probably didn't think much about it I'm going to give him a little bit of a benefit of a doubt but just to say well the Leafs will get what they're get what's coming to it's them ridiculous. in a couple it's, it's just it's it's no, you got to grow up, grow up and don't take away. And the fact is we're talking about this, but don't take away from an incredible moment for Jet Alexander. He'll maybe never, ever get another shot again. And then didn't you say too, we were talking the break that he's got exams and stuff to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's back to reality. Anyway, come on, Chris Weidman, smarten up. Bo Horvat. 
I loved this so much. So the Islanders are in the heat yep. of a playoff battle for a wild card spot. They're actually in a little bit of a danger, and we didn't think that three, four weeks ago, but they are now. And they won a key game over the weekend. Uh, ringside reporter goes down and asks, how, what's it like to play with the atmosphere and the crowd in front of Islanders fans? And this is what former Canucks captain Bo Horvat had to say. Yeah, I mean, it's been unbelievable. It's a lot better than Vancouver. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> Thanks, Bo. Thank you. Guys. <laughs> well, he knows what his zip code's going to be for the next eight years, so why not? First thing that came to my mind was just how bad it was in Vancouver. It was just how much he didn't like it in Vancouver. He and was he's there glad, for years, and he and said he liked it. <laughs> how bad it got. How bad it got in Vancouver for him. That is if you any Canuck fan of Bo Horvat or any fan of Bo Horvat that lives in Vancouver that liked him when he was playing the Canucks, do you think they're going to like him anymore? I love it. All those I dudes. love it so much. I actually said, oh, snap, <laughs> out loud on my couch by myself when I saw that. Uh -huh. I thought it was amazing. So, again, we are not dropping the clink hammer on Bo Horvat for showing some personality, which is anybody who's listened to more than five minutes of this show knows that we appreciate. Be an individual. Yep. Say something interesting. Sports is entertainment. Sports is theater. Villains are fun. Now I can't wait for the Islanders to visit Vancouver next year because they will. Oh, watch out. Once. Watch out. Only once. Yeah. But he's going to have to. But he's going to have to. He's going to have to take his medicine, which he, he should. Yeah. And that's and fair. And it's fun yeah, there's nothing wrong with it there's nothing and, and uh, afterward as well i think less than a couple of days after he did kind of scale back a bit he said look i got caught up in the emotion which people say i didn't mean to say it was no disrespect all this type of stuff yeah, of course it's matter. disrespect he said you suck yeah, exactly yeah so just don't go back on it you no, said it it is what it, it is yeah. it was what it was and move on and then i love at the end of the the, the clip there the the uh, announcer the play-by-play -play guys were saying oh well he's got eight more it's okay you got eight years to come now in new york so you're not gonna have to go to, go back to vancouver unless as a visiting um, player. But there are some people that are criticizing it, said it was unsportsmanlike, it wasn't gracious of him, mm -hmm. he shouldn't criticize the fans of his old team where he was a captain for so many years, boo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. That's who we are dropping the clank camera on. You, this is not, this is fun stuff, guys. It's theater, it's, yep. it's entertainment. Let's just, more of this, more of this, please. And wasn't he just meaning that because there's excitement on the island, not the excitement in Vancouver, so he's not feeling it from the fans because the Canucks have been awful? I think yeah, that's sure, what whatever. he was meaning. <laughs> I just loved it. I'm trying. <laughs> I, it's way better here no, than I where I was for all those years. That's what I heard, and I thought it was great. Draft lottery system. Oh, goodness gracious so, me. Years ago, uh, of course, when, oh God, I don't even want to date ourselves, but years ago when you finished last, then you got the number one pick in the NHL Which draft. Which is still that how other leagues it do it. It's still how, yeah, leagues do it. So you want to you want to go first and then I'll follow up about, on, on what you say. I just don't like it. Um, I like it less and less every year. I love the concept of basically you're not rewarded with a Connor Bedard, because some years it matters more than others. Oh, and this course. year it matters huge. Well, it matters. There's oh, yeah. no debate about who's going first. There no. was a little last year. There has been in years past. This year we know who's going first. So unless he moves to Mars, Connor Bedard is going to be chosen number one at the NHL draft. And the team that drafts him is going to be permanently changed for a very long time, yeah. for the better. Yeah. So this really, really matters. And I'm starting to get a little nervous. And this inspired me the other day with what's happening in the NBA with Dallas. 
when they sat the load management players, all of a sudden they don't want to play in this playing game. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. And they sat their stars and now they're not in the playing game. And now the NBA is, the league is investigating. We haven't seen anything quite like that in the NHL yet hoping to get the number the number one pick by finishing as low as possible to up your odds because right. you can have a 25% chance if you finish and i don't i just don't like rewarding that what i want to see happen is this level the odds you don't make the playoffs it's all the same you have whatever 8% whatever it is so uh, if you're if you finish let's say you're the Calgary Flames uh -huh. and you're the top team to not make the playoffs i want that team to have the same shot at the next best player i see as the worst team in the league i see they have 8% it's a true lottery everybody's name goes in Batman pulls them out. We still have the spectacle in May, whatever. It doesn't matter. I think it's great television. So let's have that yeah. still. But everybody has the same equal shot. And then people are going to say, but Victoria, that that's not good for parity. You want to help out the teams that are struggling. Horse manure. In the EPL, in soccer leagues in Europe, you get relegated yeah, I know. if yeah. you finish yeah. bottom it's of the table. Demotion. You lose yeah. millions, tens of millions of dollars. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. don't get the best player thing. coming well, out of wherever. Yeah. So can we stop being babies about this? If the San Jose Sharks want to be better, they need to draft better and they need to sign better free agents and they need to make better trades. You can't count on this. And I don't think bad teams should be rewarded for playing poorly. I agree with you. Uh, wholeheartedly on that. So of the 16 teams that do not make the postseason, even if you came 17th best record in the NHL with the most points, then you should have the same amount of chance as somebody who came dead last with 32. I agree with that. My initial thought was to go back to the old days when you would finish last and you would get the number one pick. But then I thought quickly after that came through my mind, well, Gary Bettman says tanking doesn't exist in the NHL. Nobody tanks. We don't do that. We're too proud. I guarantee if that system went back to the way it was, there are going to be some tanking. You're going to see if you have, say, Chicago, Columbus, Anaheim, San Jose, the bottom four in the league, you have those four teams playing the final week of the season and each of them have two or three games left to go. You don't think one of those teams is going to, I don't know, put out all the amateurs that they could possibly do and possibly play? Well, the play? NHL call-ups are right. going to be ridiculous. Right. So that is an example of tanking. You still put the effort in, but you're not putting out your top stars because you really want to lose to get that oh, first hockey pick. Hockey players are always going to play. It doesn't right. matter who they right. are. Troy Terry is not going to tank as an individual. No, 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 no. No chance. He'll just try... But he'll be in the press box. Yeah, he'll and, try. And I don't try more machines. Yeah, no, that's true. right. I know. So anyway, I still think this whole they're still trying. They're still trying to finish dead last because there's they've got a twenty five percent chance, which is a lot better than a six percent chance. And I don't I don't much care for it. Let me just say this though quickly before we wrap it up. Um, I like your idea. The issue when people say, "Well, that will not provide parity or won't help with parity," so say Calgary finishes seventeenth. And they have the same amount of percentage chance of getting the topic as, say, Anaheim. You don't think that Calgary will still be a step ahead of Anaheim next year? Yeah, too bad. You don't think the in yeah, in but too bad. So too bad. So, so, I don't care. So even if it takes years for teams like Anaheim, Chicago, Columbus, San Jose to draft better, take five, six years to get back to be a competitive team. We've seen recently the way that. The trades have I gone love down. the idea. I, I do. I do. I'm trades just... have gone down and different moves in free agencies that have been boomer bust. Yes. We've seen enough of them now. Yeah. I think you have enough flexibility 
in all the different ways you can improve your team that just one pick here or there, because there have been lots of picks who have been high picks who no, haven't changed a team anyway. No, I know. I so know. there's still a gamble with, there isn't a gamble with Bedard, but there's still a gamble with right. other players. Right. So I just, again, I figure it out. It's hard. It's supposed to be hard. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mike Greer. I know you have a challenge ahead yeah. of you. Yeah. You got to embrace it. So you get more picks, scout better, like figure it out. Part of the challenge, and, and then we'll we'll hit the break and go to the week to come. Part of the challenge, I think, for GMs who take on a role like San Jose, you mentioned Mike Greer, great, great idea, a great name, is is take the challenge. And when you leave, whenever that is, if you're, say, you got a five-year plan, you make sure in that, that fifth year, you're where you want to be. Even if it's not winning the cup, you make sure you want to be. So I agree with you. I totally do. This is going to debate all, like, this whole draft lottery thing, remember when it changed for the first time. I didn't like it, still don't like it, but we'll see. Week to come, last final week of the regular season through till Friday. Will uh, the playoffs be decided by then? Of course they will. We'll take a look to that when we continue Pucks and 7. Ryan Payton, Victoria Matt. Welcome back to Pucks and 7 with Ryan Payton and Victoria Mattia. Welcome back to Pucks and 7, final week of the regular season. We're not going to do any Vicks Fantasy 7 because there's no need to, but there's a lot of positions left to be filled. From what I gather going into tonight, which is Monday, uh, we still don't know, and I think this is correct, it has to be, because we only know one matchup. We don't know 14 of, of 16 remaining. We only know Toronto. We only know Tampa opening up in Toronto with game one against the Lightning. Okay, week to come. Let's take a look at these three teams on the bubble. Florida, Pittsburgh, and the New York Islanders. Who do you like and why? Okay, well, let's first say who who are they playing. Florida has the Leafs and Hurricanes. Pittsburgh has the Blackhawks and Jackets. That's the easiest schedule, yes. I think we would say. Yes. And the Islanders have the Capitals and Canadians, who are also two teams that are not playing for anything either. So you can see that Florida has the toughest schedule, but they're also on top. So they have the advantage over Pittsburgh right now. They win their in type of thing, right? right? Right. So Pittsburgh can win their last two games, but if the other two teams win, they're in and it's not going to matter anyway. I'm going to stick with it as it currently looks. I'm going to tell you, I believe that the two wildcard spots are going to be taken by the Florida Panthers and the New York Islanders. Okay. You? Florida's won six in a row. Can't discount that. I'm going to go with Florida and Pittsburgh. <gasps> really? I'm going to throw Pittsburgh in just because I want them to go in. That's all I'm going to say. But to your point, um, look, they have the easiest schedule. And I'm, I, I guarantee you, Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Latang, specifically Crosby, Malkin, and Latang. They're going to think this is a tough one. Out of all the years we've tried to make this thing, they're going to put their you know what's on the line. Not, not as if they don't do that already. No, it's different. They're going to leave it's everything on the table because they want to prove to everybody, yeah, we are a bubble team this year, but we're going to still, we're going to get this thing to 17 straight seasons. That's what we're going to do. So I'm going to go with Florida. And the Pittsburgh Penguins, both teams again of 82, uh, or two, two more games left to go. But you're right, Pittsburgh has the easiest schedule. They should beat Chicago. They should beat Columbus. There should be no problem with so that. So the Islanders lose to the Capitals then? The Isles lose to the Capitals. They're not losing to Montreal. No, the Isles lose okay. to the Capitals. Out I can of all see that, it. Yeah, the Isles I can, lose I to can the absolutely see it. The West, Winnipeg, Calgary, Nashville. So the Sharks have, uh, Winnipeg is the Sharks on Monday, the Wild on Tuesday, the Avalanche Thursday. Calgary have the Preds on Monday, the Sharks Wednesday, and Vic Nashville has the Flames Monday, Wild Thursday, 
Avalanche Friday. A lot of games. Who do I have? Where are you leaning? <laughs> I want it to be Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> I think we said earlier, I think it's going to be the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. I think the I think the schedule is too easy. Not too easy in the sense that the Avalanche are going to be an easy matchup. I don't think the Avalanche might be playing for anything by the time Thursday rolls around. And I think Winnipeg still will be. And they're also playing the Sharks. I think that's a, a, not an automatic W, but as close to one as you can get. They have the extra game in hand over that's the Flames. That's, that's what it is. But that's yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah. Calgary and Nashville are playing each other who I don't think that ends up a three-point game I think somebody actually wins outright so you're going to knock somebody pretty much out right away right. Yeah. yeah and I just I think Winnipeg just floats along and grabs it by the time yeah, that's it's what all over been and doing. done with that's what Winnipeg's so, been doing just doing enough just doing enough 91 points and again of all those teams nobody is running away with it nobody's on any street they really don't want it no the Jets have, have won one Calgary OT they, they lost Nashville they lost so no one's going away with this thing I'm going to go with Winnipeg as well. Uh, I think Winnipeg's going to be there. No one's going to catch Seattle. Obviously, they're in. Uh, so one spot left, three games, uh, three points separate those three teams, and Winnipeg and Nashville have the extra game in hand on the Calgary Flames. That's going to be, you know, for Calgary not to make it, I'm just going to say of with the trades, they may, I understand that there's the adaptation. you got to try to find the right chemistry. It may take a little bit of time from those big trades with Florida, but just something, number one, Daryl Sutter has to go. I'm telling you. If they don't make the playoffs, he's not coaching there next year. I hope not. He's not. There's like he's a not. boys club happening in Calgary. It's going to stick around. I think they're going to let him say, I don't want to do this anymore. I miss my farm. You think that's what? Oh, they're okay. going to let him you graciously think- leave. Okay. And that's how it's all going to work out. All right. So, but you know what? A lot of this is going to be determined on Monday night because Calgary is playing the Predators on Monday night and Winnipeg is playing the Sharks. Winnipeg somehow loses to San Jose on Monday night and the Flames win. We're having a very different conversation we tomorrow. We absolutely. We're absolutely not having are. the podcast tomorrow, but <laughs> we'll you, and, you and I will have a very different <laughs> we'll conversation talk. tomorrow. We'll talk. Other games on Monday you want to look at? Yeah, I really like the the Sabres and Rangers is on... I'm keeping a view of it because we don't, we're not including the Sabres in the conversation for the wild card in the East, but they are in it. Still in it mathematically. The Rangers are playing for something. They want to finish top of the division. It makes a difference to them. They'd rather play a wild card team than the New Jersey Devils, wouldn't you? I would. So that's going to be a tough one. And the Sabres are going to be out of it essentially if they lose that game. Hurricanes in Ottawa, we talked earlier about the Hurricanes are hurting. Yep. They are the hurting hurricanes. Yep. But if they beat Ottawa, which they should, then they're maybe not hurting as much anymore. Canucks Kings. We talked about the Kings earlier. If somehow it's that a massive one for LA, LA, if they lose to Vancouver, <sighs> I think we're already thinking about that. They're going to drop into a wild card spot. So Monday's fun. I think you'd have to think that uh, on Tuesday, Buffalo and the devils. Again, the Buffalo Sabres have more games in hand than the other ones. Um, you and I talked about this in the breaking room play Jack Hughes clip. Uh, Jack Hughes is a phenomenal hockey player. Everybody knows that. And the devil's record for points in the season is 96 set by Patrick Eliash in 2000, 2001. Jack Hughes has, guess what? 96 points. If you don't think records mean something to people and namely Jack Hughes, well, you are wrong. Yeah. I, I want to break that bad boy. So we're not going to sit just on that, but uh, yeah, I want that record. And these records should mean something. They should mean something. Boston meant something. The 63, they got it. Individual records when it comes to teams. Eliash's record's been around for, what, 22 years? 2000, 2001, so that's 22. Yeah. That's a long time where no devil has amassed 97 points. No one's got past 96. 
So for Jack, you say, yeah, I want that. It means something. I love it. And he said it several times. Yeah. We picked one clip, but he, people keep on asking him, does it matter to you? And he, he's like, heck yes. Yep. <laughs> over and over and over again. 21 years old. Would he has, me. Of course. Yep. He's got the swagger. He says, I'm also, and what he said was, he said, the more I score, the more the team wins, the more right. success we're going to enjoy as a whole. Right. He's showing some maturity, but there's the old, there's the old guard out there. Says individual stats don't matter. Oh, stop. No, it's it's horse manure. I Who agree with you. That? But I love the fact that Jack Hughes doesn't care. Says, I do want the record. One last note on that. I yep. cannot believe it's that low that a team's, they don't have 100 points. Yeah, Nobody has 100 that's a good points. Point. That's and a good I know point. the devils are the devils are the devils are the yeah. devils. Yeah. But still, nobody has. When they said, I'm like, oh, he's not going to get over 100 because I didn't think it was as low as 96. I was surprised by that. Oilers in the avalanche. Something's got to give with this one. The mean, what I mean by that is both teams have combined to win 12 in a row, at least going into Monday. So Colorado will take on Edmonton. Edmonton could, in fact, if they keep this run going two more games to go, they could surpass Vegas. That's a big one. Um, uh, again, the perhaps as well. the Western Conference final right now. Who are the two best yeah. teams in the Western Conference right that's now? Actually, and I, we don't talk about yeah, Dallas enough, no. but Avalanche yep. and Oilers are the yep. two best teams in the Western Conference right now. That would be an amazing series. It would be. Yeah, I know we're looking ahead of ourselves, but still. And then the Kraken in the night, speaking of Seattle's already in, Vegas already in, but Seattle, they're only two points back of LA, and they're a few points, they're not going to catch Vegas, I get that, but they're only two points back of LA. So going, that, so that, what, Monday you had the Kings, so Tuesday, if LA loses on Monday, the Kraken will look at that and think, okay, we have a great chance now of tying LA in points with a hundred. We'll see Wednesday. Well, there's only three games and one of them is the stars and the blues. And we don't talk about Dallas. Thrilled. We don't, we don't talk about Dallas and they deserve more respect. People just saw the body language. I, well, <laughs> fine. Okay. This game sort of matters. No, it totally does. It they're, does. they're chasing Colorado as well. Or at least if they end up playing Minnesota, which is the way it's setting up right now, they want home ice. Dallas wants home ice. I know their home record is just as good as their away record, but it is very impressive. Right. You know what? This is the first time we talked about Dallas the whole show. And they're so good. Yeah. We talked about them a lot last week because we were we talking did. about Jason Robertson we a did. ton. So we did. But you know what? That is one to watch, especially considering what the Oilers and Avs do the night before, whether Dallas is still going to be in a position to catch Colorado yeah. or at least secure home ice. So it matters to you. Everything matters this week. It does. It you're I'm so much more used to, or maybe I have a bad memory that things were not necessarily sorted out. I'm with you. I'm or with we're you. more sorted out, we're I more. should say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're more. Yeah. When 14 of 16, we still don't know going into the final five days of the season. That's crazy. We know one series. Again, to repeat, we know one series. It's wild. Uh, we talked about, uh, speaking of wild, there we go. A wild in Nashville. We talked about Nashville again. We don't know where they're going to be after that game against Calgary. Big game coming up on Thursday for Nashville against Minnesota. The Knights and Kraken, they go back to back. Because they have a home and home. Yeah. And the Sharks and the Oilers. Okay. <laughs> so. The Oilers could be chasing down the top of the Western Conference. That's going to be the bigger story. Yes. But the side note, which is still incredibly interesting, is Eric Carlson plays for the Sharks, obviously. They're not going anywhere. Well, <laughs> maybe they, they want to tank a little bit right. further. So they yeah, have a 25% they, they chance. They could be going somewhere. They could be going yeah. somewhere. But he has 98 points right now. Now, he has a game before then, but... If let's say he just gets one or zero before that game, then he's going to be gunning hard for a hundred. It's it almost feels like the general consensus across the league is he gets the Norris. If he gets a hundred points, even though he's not the best defender per se, it'd be hard not to give it to him. What was it the last time? 93 Brian Leach. Brian Leach. Like, 
You yeah. have to. If 100 points from a defender. 91, you 92, to. Brian Leach. Right. Like, honestly. Yeah, long time. So you have to give it to him. But I think it matters. I think there's a big difference, and it's more than two points between 98 and 100. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I think a lot of people might be taking, and he's going to want it too. So oh, he will. He will. The fact that one's going to be interesting. Yeah. The fact you remember the whole trade deadline thing, and he was like, "Yeah, well, they haven't come talk to me yet." It was a week before, and he's like, "Ah, oh, whatever." I'm. I think it was like two nights before. Some, even yeah, it was really it was close of, to it, and he's of. like, "They haven't said anything." And you and I were very surprised yep. by that. So last day of the regular season coming up on Friday could matter. Could it could matter if could. somehow the Sabers stay in the conversation, <sighs> and they could mathematically, Ryan, they could. They could. You know how much help they need? There's only two games. I know. There's only two games on Friday, but both could matter. The Sabres are playing the Blue Jackets. So if you're going to be in a position, that's that's a good one. That's (laughs) a good one to be in. The Blue Uh Jackets are playing absolutely horribly right now. I have a soft spot for that team. My goodness, are they ever awful at the moment. And the Avalanche. Hold on a second. When when you said (laughs) the Jackets are awful at the moment? Yeah. Hasn't it been 80 games they've been awful? They haven't been good for 80 games. Okay. They've been really so you're bad. Extra lately. Badly. Okay. They've been really so again. I cover fantasy. I'm trying to pick a player to maybe watch on this team. And Marchenko's doing something. That's about it. So End they're ending list. on a bedard note. They are I think, that's what they're doing. Much on a bedard <laughs> note. So the Sabres want to play the Blue Jackets if they're still in it. You're right, though. It might be irrelevant. Yeah. Avalanche Predators. And here's the same story. If Nashville is still in this, could they could be. Yeah. And Avalanche, if they're already top of the table, which they may or may not be, might be resting a bunch of guys. And so that one, we have only two games on Friday, but they might both matter. I don't know if I want them to or not. I almost want, maybe we just get the rest and we can get our head around all of it. Yeah, I'm with you Thursday after the 15. Hopefully we'll know for sure. If it does come down to those games on Friday. It'll be intriguing. Do you know what? I, I think I'm lying, and I don't mean to. You wanted to come down on Friday? I was just Friday? thinking, if the Sabres have the opportunity to grab a wild card spot from, say, Florida or the or Pittsburgh or whoever, right. that's kind of fun. Right. Isn't it? That'd be must-watch TV. It would be. Like, right now, I'm thinking I'm not going to make plans. I'm not going to make other plans right. until... But if the Sabres lose before then, it the, it's yeah. going to be a moot point. Right? Yeah. So... Last week, hard to believe, started back in October. Last week of uh, the regular season going to end on Friday. Could be two meaningful games on Friday. We'll see. But we know the real meaningful ones start on Monday uh, for game one, night one, day one of the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Out of time, been a lot of fun. Vic and I will be back next week. We'll take a look at all the matchups. Thank goodness we'll know who is going to be oh, playing Oh, for who. sure by Monday. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to re- re- we're gonna uh, reconvene next Monday. We still don't. Yes, no, we, we'll we will know. know. We'll know. Follow us on Twitter at Ryan and Peyton uh, at Victoria Matiach. Catch us wherever you get your podcasts. Also on the Sirius XM app. Enjoy the final week. Enjoy the weekend. And we'll talk to you on Monday. This has been Pucks in 7. Available on the Sirius XM app and wherever you get your podcasts.